First Chronicles 11, because it's a great principle. This is Old Covenant. This is, this is way back there. First Chronicles is way back there. And they're writing about how faithful God was. It says in verse 4, And David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, which is Jebus, where the Jebusites were, the inhabitants of the land. And the inhabitants of Jebus said to David, <laughs> you just see them pointing their bony little finger, Thou shalt not come hither. Nevertheless, David took the castle of Zion, which is the city of David. Did y'all get that? When they say you can't, just go ahead and take the castle. Serious. Serious. In verse 6, and David said, so they're sitting there. They just took the castle. And uh, so there's, we got we to gotta possess the land. We gotta, it's not enough to just conquer it. You've got to go in and possess it. And David said, whosoever. So he's just throwing it out there. He knows some things about his guys, but he throws it out there and he said, Whosoever smiteth the Jebusites first shall be chief and captain. Now, I want you to know that's the, that's the challenge that's on your life right now. Not to go kill somebody, but to take the land and to possess the land and to take prisoners of the, of the devil's stuff and what he's saying. When he says, you'll not come in here, you'll not have this job, or you'll not be the professor at that school, or you'll not, you'll not be, you'll not, you'll not, you'll not. You just got you just got to say, here I come. I, I'll run through you, I'll run over you, but, and it says here, so Joab, the son of Zariah, went up first and was chief. I want, to, I want to remind us this morning to never doubt that heaven has assigned you to have the best. Ever, not, not River Church, any believer, any born-again man or woman of God, he's assigned you to have the best. You say, well, I don't have the best. Whose fault? Don't want to point any fingers, but if you didn't, if you didn't I think about it of them being, they're all lined up. All, all lined up outside of uh, this city, and they've they've conquered it. However that looks, whatever that is, and they got to go in there, and they got to have a governor of the city. They got to have a, somebody that goes in there and and goes into the king and makes him kneel and give up the throne. And David said, "Who goes first? So that means you know the story. That means you got to be ready, because there's a lot of people that can think about it and work it out and assess it." And say, well, I could do that. I believe I could. But they're already number 62, number 735. They're, they're back there because everybody's thinking. It's the man or woman that's already been thinking. That's already been so-called praying in the Holy Ghost or whatever. And prayed out the mysteries. And the Lord's already said, I got something for you today. Be ready. Be ready. And you're sitting there and then all of a sudden the man of God, David, says, whoever. As soon as you got the whoever, you go. It's coming. And as soon as he turns the terms, Joab jumped up. So I have this thing that I wrote in my book. I have a chapter on the, the 21 uh, uh, keys of promotion called, Is You Ready, Ready? I'm not going to preach on it this morning, but Is You Ready, Ready? Everybody can think about it. And the world is thinking about it. They're always jockeying for positions and putting their resume out. But for you and I to have the best, you got to have your ready, ready. So when the Lord begins to open the door, just begins to open the door, 
you're already up. You're already in. You're already over the line, and you're taking the city. And so uh, there are no unimportant assignments. Uh, Joey's been out the door. Lisa's been out at the door. Y'all have been in children's church. Y'all have been in the nursery. We've, been, uh, we've all done things that seem unimportant. Justin's passing the plate. You know, we're all doing things that it's like, really, really? You know, I've got a corporation, or I'm important at work, or I've got this, that, and the other, or I know things. Well, here you're the bucket pastor. <laughs> here you're going to go back, and, and you're going to use your faith. There's no strange diapers that come loose in the, in the nursery. You're, you're going to... Here you're not so important, but it's so important because there's no important, unimportant soci- uh, assignments. So in our assignments, we should be perfect in our assignment. Whatever it is, we ought to be perfect. We ought to be on time. We ought to be ready. We ought to have our ready ready so that we can open the door for somebody else to get their assignment. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4, if you would, please. Y'all are so fun to minister the word to because it's like y'all already have it before I can get, get it out. It's like, oh, they already knew that was coming. Nobody was surprised. Nobody was amazed. It's like, oh, yeah, they've already preached this three or four times to their neighbors themselves. So what are you doing up here? It's just hard to have something so amazing that y'all go, wow, never heard that or never thought of that because you do. It says in chapter 4 of Mark, uh, verse 35, uh, it says in verse 35, and the same day. So the same day was the day after he he had this long discourse. If it's red letter, you'll see chapter 4 up to here is just red, where he's talking about the sower sows the word and all that. And it says, In the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them. So they've had a full day. It's the end of the day. And they've been, they've been hitting it. They've been ministering. And he said, Let us pass over unto the other side. Let us pass over unto the other side. So I want to talk to y'all this morning about getting out of your place and passing over to the other side. Obviously, we're not all going to the same place on the other side, but all of us are in a way, in a dimension, always going to the other side. The Lord never lets you just stay where you are. I need a bigger amen to go on. Hallelujah. He, he just like, well, I finally arrived. No, that's wrong theology. No one's finally arrived. You just got requalified at a new level. And so he's going to reassign you. There's nobody. Nobody has arrived. I remember a deacon in the first church that I was in, the first the, the church in our town. And I remember this deacon. He was now I, th- I thought he was old back then, but I guess he was in his fifties because I was just a pup. And I remember him saying, "Well, I've been ushering for twenty something years. We're going to let these these young bucks take over the ushering." Well, he went to pot. He went to pieces. He he he. It was over for him. Because he didn't do anything. And then because he didn't have to be there to ush, he, didn't, he started not coming. And then his wife fell apart, and she's got terrible disease. And I'm not blaming that on that, but I'm just saying, you ought to do whatever you're doing with excellence and let the Lord promote. We don't promote ourselves out of the ministry. Amen. You, you, we depart. Hallelujah. But, but back to the story here, verse 35. Um, and let us pass over into the other side. Now, I'll just stop there for a moment and say, because we've looked at this before, that word Passover. Of course, they translated it, but the word is is actually the word that's used in other places. It's called pierce through. 
if you don't mind, if you write in your Bible, I would put that in there where it says Passover. It's also translated in other places, pierce through. Now, that's a lot more. That's a that's a whole nother dimension than Passover. Passover is like crossing the street. When the light turns green, we'll just cross the street. But this implies, like the story we just talked about, that David was taking a city, that that Joab was in a competition, as it were. He, there was a contention there, and he had to fight for his assignment. You understand, what he got up for was not the not what they were offering the man that could kill Goliath. Remember that? They said, you'll, you get to marry the king's daughter, you'll, your, your, your father's land will go free, and you'll get to something else. Eat, eat spaghetti and meatballs on Thursday. Whatever it was, there was three things. It was a great reward, but, but when Joab jumped up, it was for honor. It was to be in his place. It was a promotion that he could take and 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 uh, and and acquire, but he he already knew there was an assignment on his life, and when the door opened, he was ready to go through. Versus uh, David standing up there and saying, "Okay, nobody's volunteering to jump up. Let me just assign you. Okay, Joab, I know you didn't you didn't jump up, but get in there anyway. Oh, okay, I will. You know that's a whole different scenario than than jumping up out of the foxhole." And running in there and taking the place. Well, that's who we are. We're not waiting for God to assign. Because he doesn't talk in the audible voice anymore too much. And it's hard in churches. It's a volunteer system to, for, for the pastor or anyone to just say, You, over there. You had not done anything in 60 days. You get yourself in there. The optics are bad on that. But that's not how the kingdom is. It's like we're all burning, saying, pick me, pick me. Let me go. Can I go? Can I? Let me go. Let me do a Bible study in Columbus. Let me open my, my house. Pick me. It's awesome. It's, just, it's, it's the way it's supposed to be, that we are putting pressure on the kingdom all the time. Let me, let me. Let me learn, Lord. Let me go to church and hear the word that'll, that'll set my life in a new place it's not this thing where the church is just acquiesced to a to a well if we have to we will and are you sure the lord really wants me to or can i give less what's the mo what's the what's how much can i give and not and not get god mad at me can i give nine percent no god will be mad at you okay i gotta give ten it's not the system it's like ten is just the benchmark for when you start out but the tithe is not the end of it. Y'all know that. Because once you start tithing, you don't have to tell anybody. No one has to tell you. You ought to give more. It's just in you. It, it just pops the top off and you go, wow, this is, let's do this again. Let's, how much can we give? J.C. Penney gave 90. Um, Letourneau gave 90%. And had money. Uh, Buddy Harrison, which was uh, uh, Kenneth Hagin's son-in-law. He lived on 10%, and he said of himself, if you want to live like I want to live, which is large, he, he, was, he said, you got to have a lot of cash flow to live on 10% at the level I want to live on. It's just how you think. The promises are the same, but how do you think? Is the cup half empty, or is it dry? Is there nothing in the cup? Ah, oh, it's full for us. It's overflowing all the time. 
It's just how much do you want to? We're in a society. I have it out there on the board. Believe big. When the world is small, believe big. It's something you got to put on. The spirit of faith. We believed and therefore we speak. You got to put it on. It's not something where somebody's going to come to you and say, you, are, you really ought to do more. So this word in verse 35 means to pierce through. Let us pierce through into the other side. That implies there's opposition. That implies there's a barrier. That implies there's something that has to be pushed over. That it's not like crossing the street. It's, it's not like just getting up and doing your, what's normal. That there's going to be a battle, there's going to be a contention. And Jesus said, you can do it, let us pierce through to the other side. Like it's a victor, victory, or it's like a battle, it's like a job. He said, we can do this. But you can tell that none of them caught it by reading the next thing, because uh, in verse 36, when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm. So it was not even just a normal storm. It was a great storm. There arose a great storm. They didn't see it when they left. There was a great storm. Listen, y'all, <laughs> our life has got great storm written all over it. There is a contention when you go to pierce through. It, there's a piercing. You, you, when you walk by faith, you don't, you don't stroll by faith. You don't just sashay by faith. You got to step into it. You got to you got to get ready to hunker down and put on the armor of God and set your face like Flint and be and and focus because when you walk by faith there's going to be pushback. Let us pierce through to the other side. Well Lord, it's just a travel. It's like it's not like we're going anywhere. Ah, but everything in the Lord is going somewhere. Everything is filled with opportunity and assignment. There's always a demand on our faith if we'll open that door and say, Lord, here am I, send me. You go, well, he's not talking to me. Well, <laughs> it's because there's stuff in our ears. We're just, we're like, we're busy and the Lord just, he's such a gentleman. He's so kind. So it says there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship and what? And so that it was now full. So this is not sashaying across the lake. This is piercing through, and there's great opposition. Y'all know that opposition? If y'all y'all have seen that opposition, like ah, you know, there's people that used to uh, say, uh, "Don't talk about the devil. You'll make him mad, and he'll come and get you." Don't be mocking the devil, saying, "Ah, he's not much. He's a little devil, big guy, little devil." Don't say that. You'll rile him up. <laughs> He's already riled up, but he's little. He's got this projector thing where he, he you know, the shadow puppets, like little, little hands, but a big, he's, he's doing the projection thing, but he's little and you're big and God is bigger. Hallelujah. So it says, uh, there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that the ship was now full. I don't think we've looked at it like that. I think we thought, well, the rowing was a little tough. And it was, uh, but he said, we have to pierce through. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him. <laughs> the ship is full of water, and he's sleeping through. You know, he really was the Prince of Peace. He really did walk in peace. He really didn't have anything bothering him or pressing on him. He really did live out the word that he was. And they say to him, Master, so they accuse him, care us not. 
that we perish? Like you're the adult, we're the kids, you're supposed to be doing something. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said into the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now right there you can see he pierced through. He pierced through. There was a barrier. There was a, there was a contention. There was a resistance. And his words, we walk by faith and not by sight. His words, he pierced through. And there was no problem getting to the other side after that. Y'all see? He pierced through. Do y'all know that everything that you stand for, even when you give your offering, you have to pierce through. Like whatever, just throw it in. Or blessing your food, whatever, be blessed. You better watch out for whatever came back from the kitchen. What's in the kitchen? I mean, I've, been, I've, I've went down to the shrimp basket one time three years ago, four years ago. I hadn't been there for four years because I was the sickest I've ever been in my life. And I don't know what happened to my prayer, but obviously I didn't pierce through. It was nasty. It was, it's, I actually got a hernia. I, yeah, I, I vomited so hard. I remember Debbie saying, what is going on back there? I was, and so I did go to that place for a while. Deborah said, we can go. And I said, I don't. But when I went, I prayed. I prayed. In Jesus' name, this food, we're not, I'm piercing through. And you got, so we cannot, we cannot just, what I'm saying is, is we can't be casual. We're powerful, but we have to plug it in. We have to plug in who we are and just say, ah, I'm, I'm telling you, I, 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 yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Okay. And peace be still, the wind ceased, and was a great calm. Where am I going with this? And he said to them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Well, he's talking about, he just talked to them about the word in that chapter, that day that where the sower sows the word. And he just had taught them. And the lesson lasted just like a third grade class. They lasted that long. You know, third grade teachers. They have to repeat it the next day and the next day and the next day because they didn't catch it the first time. So are we third graders? Sometimes we are. Sometimes we are. Indeed, I you hate to say it. So uh, why are you so fearful? Well, he had, he had spoken the word to him. It says in Romans 10, let me just read this scripture. You know it so well, but it says um, how faith works. It says in verse 17, so faith cometh or a faith arises by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It arises. We already have the faith of God inside of us, but it arises. It's quickened. It comes alive by hearing and hearing and hearing. So the God kind of faith comes from hearing the God kind of word, the word of God, and uh, uh, in hearing the word. So they had heard the word, but they didn't put the word in. They didn't, they didn't lay hold. And so without Jesus, here's my point, without Jesus, they would not have got to the other side. The Bible says the boat was full, so they might not have made it, but they did make it. So turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, would you? The God kind of faith arises by hearing and hearing by the word. So we got to be in the word, don't we? I said we got to be in the word because otherwise your boat will be full. You got to pierce through to go to the other side. Well, we've all had dreams and goals, and it's like, why does this last so long? Why, why does it take a long time to, to get people healed, or, or not at all? 
Well, it's, uh, or get our finances right. It should happen faster. It should happen faster. But you have to pierce through. And we in this, mm, I don't know if, if we're a movement or whatever, but we kind of like to just lay hands on the sick or we want to just speak to the mountain one time. I, I'm famous for that, of having a, such a confidence in the word that you went, well, I spoke to it and that's the end of it. But sometimes you gotta, you got to bail that water out <laughs> and you got to pierce through and take hold. And it takes longer than one time. It, it's not that the devil's not aware, but if you're inexperienced, if we're, if, we're, if we're not in that place where we've done it several times and we know what we're doing, then the devil will sit there and, and work on us and say, I'm not going until I'm sure that you are, that you are. So we have to get our ready ready. Uh, you know, when you race, which I do not, but I've heard it and I've seen it in movies where they say, on your mark. I think a lot of Christians maybe are not on their mark. Putting on their suntan lotion and getting their glasses just adjusted and tying their shoes again and, you know, looking good, looking good. And everybody else is on their mark. Get ready or get set. Go. And the gun goes off. It's the take. It's taken off that's real important to running the race. What, what does it say here in Hebrews chapter 11? Hallelujah. I want, to, I want to encourage us this morning that we're on the edge, but you, there's a real danger of all of us of uh, drawing back and saying, well, I, I've done this before and I'll do it again. You remember that's what happened to Samson. Samson, yeah, Samson. The Bible said that Delilah cut his hair and he didn't even know his strength had been taken. He rose, the Bible says he rose up and fought as in other times. Didn't even know he had no strength. Well, we could be that same thing. We, we could look at an experience or a testimony and said, yeah, I was in the middle of that. I know exactly how it went down. And, and, and not be sharp. Not have our ready, ready. It's not, we don't need more information. River Church, we don't need more information. Family, we don't need to have more schooling. We got plenty here. We got to just perfect that which we've got. It says in chapter 11, this is called the hall of faith. The hall, I'm going to call it the hall of finished faith. And uh, we could pick out a, uh, a bunch of verses here. Uh, verse 21, by faith Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph. By, uh, in verse 22, when he died, made mention of departing of the general of, uh, children of Israel. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid. By, um, we could go on. By verse 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down. By verse 31, by faith the harlot Rahab perished not. And then it says in verse 32, What more shall I say of the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson, of Jephthah, of David, of Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mild mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in faith, 
turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. So this is the hall of finished faith. This is where people had that recorded because they had their ready, ready. And then we just read about Joab. David said, okay, whoever jumps up first, I'll make them captain and chief. Where could you go back in that day that would be above being in David's army, being captain and chief? It, would, it, was, it was it. But there was, it was like the marathon, the Boston Marathon. If y'all seen that thing when they take off, there is a sea of humanity. And they're all trying to get to their, the other side first. So you got to have some sort of advantage. So Joab jumped up first because he had his ready, ready. And I'm saying in 2018, there's things that God's going to say to you and to me. He's going to say, whoever jumps up first, whoever has their ready, ready, will be chief and captain. you gotta, you got to know it before he shows it. you got to be on the edge like, this could be the day. This could be the hour. David may say something right now. I got my ready ready. On your mark. Get set. Go. We, we cannot look back and say, well, it's been slow go in 17. It was slow go in 16. And we're just a little tired of having our ready ready. Big mistake. We're bought with a price. We're bought with a price. We're not our own. Well, I think I'll just not have my ready ready. I think I'm going to. Nope, you're bought with a price. The, you, you know, they have that commercial that to where the, uh, the, the, the woolly hat guys at the, in the, at the English gates in London, the Queen's guys there, and how one of them, you know, is, takes his stuff off and just sits down and crosses his leg and, you know, and that, all that stuff. That is, that's what the church looks like in a lot of ways. We've been lulled into a complacency of it hasn't happened and I'm tired of being ready. The truth is that Christians in America don't think revivals come yet, but it's all over the world. South America, they're raising the dead as a matter of course. They're, it's all over. 200,000 people churches, and they're just, they're just gold falling. They, they talked about how uh, I read the other day about a church that they got into, they worshiped God. The gold dust fell, and after church, they swept it up and went and paid off the church. It was real gold. And they went in there and said, oh, yeah, here's, here's $100,000. We'll, we'll, we owe that on the church. Just pay it off. And he's like, no, nah, that couldn't have happened. I remember a pastor friend of mine. Uh, we've had him here. He was good, but uh, he's gone now. But uh, I, I was telling him about a, a, a gold tooth that somebody had gotten. It was, it was, it was videoed. It was before and after. His wife said he didn't have a gold tooth, and it had a cross on it. And this man said, that's not in the Bible. Well, it says there was many things that if, if they recorded everything Jesus did, it wouldn't have, it would have filled the house. And this guy, this pastor, he, he said, uh, if it's not in the Bible, I don't believe it. Well, and he said, well, why would God do that? Bad teeth? <laughs> Had one missing. It, I, it seemed like a good thing to the guy that got it. He, he was happy. It was not like, oh, no, what has God done? Oh, hallelujah. Well, um, so this hall of, of faith is here. 
But we also have the hall of unfinished faith. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. We'll, we'll look at the hall of unfinished faith. Now, there's no whipping here this morning. This is just like we're on the edge. Just sharpen up. Sharpen up. Even the Bible in, in Proverbs, it says that uh, if you don't sharpen your axe, you're going to be there all day a whooping on that tree. Instead, if you'll sharpen your axe, the tree will come down. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but uh, uh, even, even, even the guy in the woods knows to sharpen his axe. It says in Matthew chapter 7, let's look in verse 24, Whosoever, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, red letter, Jesus, and doeth them, and doeth them, and doeth them, pierce through, pierce through, let us pierce through to the other side. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house. We just talked about the storm, didn't we? And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. They pierced through. And everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not, they don't have the ready ready, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Well, there it is. Uh, this is the hall of unfinished faith. Heard the word, but could not follow through. Now, y'all, we we've heard the word. At River Church, we have heard the word. It may have been this and not the best of that, and may I don't know what your assessment of it is, but the truth is, if the Lord's going to judge us, we've all heard the word. We've heard enough of the word to go find the word in another way and hear the word. Amen. We've not been telling poems. And uh, I, uh, I passed a church yesterday coming in from Florida and it said, uh, oh, I said I wasn't going to talk about it. Uh, uh, end of the month, we're having the uh, we're having the we're having bluegrass festival. Y'all come. Bluegrass, they were having that for Sunday morning. They were going to have a bluegrass festival by the, 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 some group. I, I, and I just thought it was funny that we would miss a, I'm sorry I'm critical, but it's just like this place is for the word. This place is for God's glory to come forth and heal people and raise them from the dead. And, and, and I just, I couldn't get past the bluegrass. I don't think bluegrass is gospel. I know there is a gospel, but that bluegrass isn't. And then I saw another sign, and I just chuckled. Hallelujah. Well, we're not puffed up about it, but we are after the word. I want to be after the word. So we have the unfinished, the unfinished hall of faith. In the Old Testament, who would be, that be? That'd be like Esau. Do you all know he had the birthright? But he, his ready wasn't ready. He got hungry one day, and he lost it all. And the Bible says he cried great tears. I would say the 11 sons of Jacob. You all know the boys that persecuted the, the dreamer and went down and, and got in a mess? I'd say they had unfinished faith. I think they could have heard the dream and said, Ooh, God's, God's on this. We, we ought to pay attention. Uh, I wrote down Korah. Uh, he was the guy that, said, uh, that came to Moses and said, Why, why are you getting to boss? We, we all could boss. You're, what's so special about you? And Moses said, you're right. What's so special about me? If I'm not special, let the earth hold up. 
uh, open up and all of y'all fall in it. <laughs> and all of a sudden. <laughs> okay, anybody else? <laughs> anybody else want to promote themselves to uh, profit or whatever? Uh, I'd say that was unfinished faith. I was thinking about uh, uh, Saul and Goliath. You know, Goliath. Saul was a big boy. He could do what he wanted to do, but he was, he was afraid. Uh, I was thinking about the ten spies. Y'all say they had unfinished faith? God told them, or the man, uh, they got told, just come back and give us some logistics. We need a little, we need a little intel. And they came back and said, it's mission impossible. Uh, I was thinking about the 300 and the 33,000 men of Gideon. How they, Gideon got up and said, are any of y'all tired and don't want to go up? <laughs> and everybody went to the house. Um, then I'm looking at the New Testament, unfinished faith. How about Ananias and Sapphira? <coughs> y'all know they were first in line. They were, God couldn't use you. Uh, I'd say the doctors of the law where the Bible says that the the power to heal was present, but the doctors of the law denied it. Uh, my favorite is uh, in, in Matthew 14, where the 11 boys that didn't get out of the boat, after Jesus was walking on the water and Peter was walking on the water, one of their very own. Okay, that's Jesus. We don't do what Jesus does, but Peter was not like Jesus. And they said, uh, even if Peter walks on the water, we're... We're not going to walk on the water. I, I, I give them the X. Uh, I was thinking about the hometown of Jesus probably having unfinished faith. He says they could, he could do no mighty work there because of their unbelief. Judas, Pilate, could we lump him in? His wife entreated him. Don't touch this man. This is bad. And he did it anyway. Thomas, unfinished faith. You never hear anything about Thomas. Um, I would say the 380 that were not in the upper room after Jesus appeared to them after the resurrection. 500 saw him bodily after he had been crucified, but they didn't make it to the upper room. I would say the rich young ruler, the Bible says he went away sorrowful for he had much. Unfinished business, unfinished faith, incomplete faith, didn't pierce through, had an assignment on their life, had the tools, had heard the word. Jesus told the rich young ruler, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Just go and sell what you have. Get that God out of your life. Make me the Lord of your life. And, and you will ne it'll be incomparable what I'll do for you. And he couldn't handle it. So I don't want to be one of them 11 disciples that can't get out of the boat. What was the big deal? It was no big deal. You know, there was nothing to be accomplished there. There wasn't the sick or the lame or the hungry that they were getting out of the boat for. It's just that they could not take the word and be a hearer and a doer of it. Jesus said, but Peter said, if it be thou, Lord, bid me come. So he said, come. And the eleven could not get out at the word of the Lord. They could not do it. So... I would ask all of us, all of us, when we say, when's the last time you did something for the first time? If it's been a while, it may be time for a refresher. If we haven't pierced through something, 
Even if it's just getting out of the boat and there's no consequence to not getting out of the boat. Everybody was good in the boat. Y'all know that. It's not like, oh, if you stay in the boat, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn over and you're going you're gonna to die. No, everybody got to the house just fine. But it revealed what was going on. Because there, there was a real need after that and everybody had to be qualified to cast out devils and raise the dead and heal the sick. So why is it that people don't, aren't bold? They're worldly and they, they shrink back. And Hebrews said that God has no pleasure in them that draw back. Because we're all born again. We've got the Spirit of God inside of us. Now stop me when I mess up here, when I don't tell the truth, but we're, we're wall to wall and ten foot tall on the inside. We, we, the greater one is in us and greater is he. Why aren't we? Well, it has to be something in our soul because we're perfect down here. And it's because we demand a fleece. We're still in the Old Testament where we want to see proof and we don't trust the word to just say, generally speaking, that if someone comes up with a cross, oh, by the way, the gold filling had a cross in it. I forgot to tell that. <laughs> and we go, that's not God. That's the, and this is what he said. That's the devil. <sighs> I don't like it when people do have good things and, and people say that's of the devil. Let's let's leave that jury out in for a while and just talk about this before we. They need earthly proof. I'd say to myself, "Don't do it. Don't need earthly proof. Everybody can do it, or should be able to do it with earthly proof." But I'm telling you, Peter was walking on the water. And the 11 boys were looking at him walk on the water. They all saw it. It wasn't like he disappeared and they said, what happened to Peter? What did he? No, they saw him. Because he got back in the boat, didn't he? And so it's like, okay, do I have to have the word of God? Can I be easily persuaded to believe? When's the last time you did something for the first time? We need to stay sharp. We need to have our ready, ready. Because just because... Nothing's happening. Doesn't mean God isn't on the trigger, fixing to pull it. Uh, Matthew twelve thirty nine. Let's go there. We got just a second more, a minute more, an hour more, half a day more. Hallelujah. We got time. <laughs> Matthew twelve. Tell you what, if y'all will just stay with me another few minutes, we won't come back tonight. We'll just take the whole rest of the day off. You know, we used to come back on Sunday night. And we used to shuck the corn, and we used to carry, tote the wood, we had, and no conscience. The pastor had no conscience that said, I sure feel bad about them coming back on Sunday night. I promise you, he did not. So now we're not even doing that. Matthew 12, verse 39 says, But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. So I'm telling myself, Michael, don't do it. Don't seek after proof. It's not faith, and if it's not faith, it could go any way. It could go up, it could go down, and whichever way it went, you wouldn't know anything more about it because it was a sign. Uh, the other day, I uh, was with someone, and they said, uh, uh, it was Deborah's kinfolks, that's what I'll say. <laughs> I'm with a lot more kinfolks now here lately than I've ever been with. I, I had all my kinfolks, and now i got some more kinfolks, but anyway, uh, Plus, I didn't give up any kinfolks. Y'all understand. I got three mother-in-laws now. 
Pray for me right there, right there, right there. <laughs> and so this person said, uh, well, we, we put a bid on that house, and it would have been a really good deal, but since we didn't get it, well, then that wasn't the will of God. And I, I see where you can see where you can jump to that, but that's just fleecy. I don't know if y'all believe that or not, but I sure do. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just, I want, I want to get it right in these end days. I want to get it right the first time. I have spent a big part of my life tracking back, fixing it, and then being back after a year at the same position when I pulled the trigger the wrong way. I went with the sign. So he said, uh, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh the sign. Where am I? Verse 39. And there shall be no sign given to it, but the sign of the prophet Joah. Uh, Matthew 8, 8 says, speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Let's just go there. Let's just actually look at Matthew 8, 8. You're right there. Or could be. The centurion answered. Well, let's go to verse 7. Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. What an offer. Jesus the Christ said, I will come physically to your house and heal him. But he said, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And he goes on and says, why? Well, we got to get there. You got to get there where you like. If somebody will say, peace, be still, they will pierce through the storm. There will be a calm and you'll go to the other side. I want to go to the other side. Wherever that is. Where, whatever that is. What if the Lord was just cranking you and me up and that we had been at this a while? I have been 38 years at this. But I'm just now knowing enough to pay attention. Just now knowing enough to not get tangled up. Just now knowing enough to, to outsmart the devil. And he would say to me that if I was thinking about slowing down or, or uh, you know, being a little uh, tired or a little whatever. What, if anybody was saying that, I've been at this a while, and the Lord said, I've just now got you qualified to do something for me. You know, the happy hunter, she, she, I told you, she was smoking that cigarette and sitting in front of the preacher every Saturday for 10 years until she got born again at 55. And she just tore up the kingdom of darkness. She, she just, her and, and Charles just changed everything. And she didn't even get born again till 55. Do y'all know what she didn't know? If you're, if you're in the world and you've never been to church and you get born again at 55, she didn't know anything. Well, you and I aren't 50. Well, you may not be 55, but, but we know something. We're already like those, uh, those relay people that when they come around to hand off the stick, everybody's already up and running. It's not like coming out of the, 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 the stock, the, blocks and starting out they're already going we're already up and going we ought to be able to do something if the lord would say i got something for you and, and you just now are qualified we ought to be paying attention i'm gonna have a little bit of trouble here okay mark chapter 5 says verse 36 as soon as jesus heard the word that was spoken he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue be not afraid then what did he say only believe point yourself with me and say only believe 
all that other mess, all that experience, all that thing that we said it didn't work and we don't know why and the devil did this and my feelings got hurt and that preacher didn't, he didn't like me and that deacon didn't do me right and all that mess, all that mess, all that mess. It's just a lot of mess. Everybody's got a mess. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story. Well, you ought to hear my story. We don't want to hear your story. We got our own story. And our story's probably worse than your story. There's always somebody that's got a big story about why they're not serving God. We don't want to hear your story. Just, just put on the Lord Jesus. Just draw a line and say, it was cruddy up to now. I was messed up and I got messed around and they did me wrong. And yes, they did. And they didn't do me right. And yes, they didn't do you right. And it's not the way it's supposed to work. And that's right. It's not the way it's supposed to work. But that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is with a devil, with a devil, with sin, with, with unregenerated man. It's always going to be messed up. But we're not messed up. I'm born again. I've been recreated in the image of God. I've been in Christed. I'm the righteousness of God in him. I'm a new creature in him. I've got the mind of Christ. I am filled with the knowledge of his will. So wherever I was and wherever you are, Mr. Whiny Gut, I'm not. I have no excuse. I got to get my ready ready because he's called us and he's assigned us. And he said, wait for me. I'm going to give you your assignment. Well, we're tired of waiting. Shut up and wait on me. You know, the, the virgins got messed up. Those ten virgins, five of them got messed up because they got out of timing. And a lot of Christians are out of timing. My dad told me one time, he said, ah, the Lord coming back. I'm tired of hearing about it. He's been saying they've been saying he's coming back for a long time. and He hadn't come yet. Well, now, with all due respect to my father, that's crazy talk. <laughs> it's closer than ever now. It's never been closer than him coming back. I was kind of not happy the other night to hear the prophets say, you know, President Trump's going to get another term, and then what he's going to do after that. It's like, oh, that's eight years away. That's six years away. Oh, I want him to come back tomorrow afternoon, Tuesday, no later. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith and not by sight. And Hebrews 10, 38 says, are we up there? Here we go. Let's read it together. Now the just shall live by faith. Now that's it right there. I like being the just, but if you are, you got to live by faith. Now your dream and my dream, everything about your life. I know you got grandkids and you got a job and when we're going to have our money do this and there's just all sorts of issues. But none of them matter. Do y'all know that when people pass from this earth when they die, that it doesn't matter what's unfinished. It doesn't matter what they wanted to do. It doesn't matter how they started. It ends right there. It just, it's over. You know, things you wanted to do and should, it's over. You, the line is drawn and nothing else is happening after that. And we ought to just take our lives and say, you know, my, this is not right and I need to tend to that. Sure, you're right. We do. We got lots of business. We'll always have lots of business. But you just got to stop and say I got to get my ready, ready. I'm going to do it right after I, no, stop it and get your ready, ready. We ought to be on point because if somebody you loved needed help, you need to be ready. Those grand sugars, you, you just got to be ready. 
Because these parents, I mean, not, not all of them, but a lot of times they don't know what to do. And you got to know what to do. You got to be able to step in. I stepped in this week. They didn't need me for anything, I promise you. I was, I was, I was the ward on the nose as far as, as them needing me for anything. But I was the most powerful thing there. And, uh, you know, just step in, take care of business, and then step out. And that's all you got to do. But you got to be ready for it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for preparing us for this day and for the days that are come. The, 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 these are perilous times, Lord. You said in the end days there will be perilous times. And, Lord, it's a crazy world out there. And we can hardly bear it. And, and it just vexes our righteous soul to see what's going on. And even Christian people, men and women that have been fought the good fight of faith and have stood and having done all to stand, they've just stood. They're falling, Lord. The mighty have fallen. And, and it just seems crazy, God. But I know that your fire still burns in each one of them here, Lord. Every one of us, we know the truth. And that truth has set us free over and over. So I'm asking you, Lord, Lord, to fire us up for whatever, Lord, just to, that the time is close. Even if you are coming back in eight years, Lord, with, there's not much. Eight years is a blink. It's a vapor. So, Lord, I, I want us all to get fired up at River Church, just to be in our place, whatever it is, that when you pull the trigger, Lord, we, we, Lord, will be ready to come out of the gun. We'll, we, you can fire us off and we'll go to the target. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to, to be a priority in our hearts again, that we are in hot pursuit. We are in hot pursuit. We're not casual. We're not, we're not, uh, we must pierce through to go to the other side. Lord, imprint that on us that there's things where we did not go to the other side and although very few if anybody knew it we knew we didn't get it done lord i thank you i thank you that you forgive us for that and lord and you've reloaded us but lord the next time anything comes that you need us to do business for you we will pierce through. We will pierce through. We will pierce through. Though the storm is raging, the wind is blowing, the water's in the boat. It seems like we're about to be swamped. Lord, we'll pay no attention. We will be like Jesus in the hinder part of the boat. We will be asleep and we'll stand up and say, peace be still, and it'll solve everything. I see that, Lord. I thank you, God, that you've got us been training for years when nothing's going on for this hour. And I thank you, God, that this fire will burn through us and burn the dross of this world and the pleasure, the pursuit of pleasures. Just burn it out where we'll have more fun than anybody. But we've been seeking you the whole time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I remember Paul, Pastor Moss Friday, Friday week, he talked about the uh, when nothing is happening. And he's talking about... The, cloud, the, the, the rain that had not come with Ahab and Elijah. And so he, he, he told his servant, go look. And seven times, and in that message, he had someone go out and come back in. No, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing. And I thought of that, that, that message that I'd preached several years ago about when nothing is happening, that you just keep looking for it. 
And finally, on the seventh time, he said, uh, Master, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. And, uh, and then, then suddenly there was the sound of the abundance of rain. And, uh, and the prophet outran Ahab's chariot to Jezreel. It was a great message. I was, you know, I tried to get uh, lined up here to do it, but it didn't seem like it was going to come together for me like it did for him. <laughs> but when nothing is happening, you just got to keep asking. And suddenly the sound of the abundance of rain will be on us. We have to be there. We have to be there when our time comes. We've been in training. It seems like a long time. I promise you, for me, it seems like a long time. But it's just not too long. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, Miss Kathleen or Lawrence, do y'all wanna do y'all have something to share with us or or how how would y'all like to do this? They've they've got some news here. I wanna Okay. Well I'll tell you the Nodines have been loving Jesus for longer than many of us are been around, or certainly since we've known about him, and their testimony is impeccable, it is strong. They were going to New Covenant when we were over here on 65th Street. And for some reason, you know, I don't know, but I'm just always glad, they just sailed into Word of Life and came and joined us in 1998. Is eight or nine. It was somewhere in there. It was eight. It was eight. Okay. Well, there's not many of us. Barry Paul's been here since... 97, so 98's getting close to the beginning. Uh, only Barry Paul and Eric, and even Eric's left me. Uh, he ran off with that short girl and, and took off, so I only have Barry Paul here that's been here from the beginning. And he has. We've got pictures of him, and he is, he is, he is handsome, but he's, he's young. He's all young. But the no-dimes have been with us that long, and so... Uh, you know that's been 20 years. This is 18, so that's been 20 years. So you know there's transition for all of us. Now, I teach this, and I believe it with all my heart, that in your life, in your life, you just cannot get messed up by this. There's people that God sends. I said God sent them. There's always people that God sent, and you've got to recognize the limitations of the sovereignty of God that sometimes he sends somebody into your life to drop something off. You need it. And they drop something off, and then they, they leave, and it's like, aha, uh -huh, that was good, come back. But no, they're going on. There's some people that he sends into your life that they pick up. You give to them, and they, then they go on. And you're like, I just gave that to you, and why can't you stay a little while? Nope, got to go on. And you just you got to let God be the end of that and not cry and complain. Then there's people that God sends into your life, and they'll, run, they'll walk with you for a while. And then they, they finally, they get a new assignment of some kind. 